The Christian life is a spiritual walk toward pleasing God. And often, we're less like power walkers and a lot more like toddlers. Here's Pastor Trent Griffith. Just keep taking your next step, no matter how many times you fall, no matter how many times you just scrape your knee, just get back up, just keep taking the next step. It is a walk. It's not about how you started, it's about how well you finish. And so just keep walking by the Spirit. That is the daily work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. And you don't walk alone, you walk by the Spirit. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. So what comes to your mind when I say the word holy or holiness? You might associate it with a superior or condescending attitude. You know, someone who is holier than thou. Or you might associate it with lots of rules to follow. You know, you may have to dress a certain way or even eat certain things as well. Or you might associate the word with God's pure holiness and think, that's unattainable for me. I can never be holy. Well, practical holiness is something that God talks about quite a bit. Becoming holy is a Bible concept, so it's good. And we need to be careful not to define it by our own wrong thinking. You know, someone has said, God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. And that's true. Conforming you to the image of Christ is so important to God. In fact, it's so important to Him that He gave you the Holy Spirit to live inside of you and be your helper. If you're a child of God, a believer in Jesus, if you have a personal relationship with Him, then you have the Holy Spirit in you, helping you to become holy. It's what theologians would call your sanctification. And it's what Pastor Trent will talk about today on Resonate. You should know that he gave this message in the early spring, so you'll have to use your imagination and pretend that when you look outside, the trees are budding and the flowers are blooming, okay? Here's Pastor Trent. Open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. Uh, We are in a series called Help. We learned a couple of weeks ago that Jesus, as he was leaving, told his disciples that he is leaving them a helper. And he said, it is to your advantage that I go away because the Holy Spirit inside of you is going to be better than Jesus physically beside you. So he's given us a helper, not to get our work done, but to get his work done. And so that's what it means to follow the Lord under the control of the Holy Spirit. A couple of weeks ago, we looked at the main job of the Holy Spirit is to make you spiritually alive. We learned a new word. That word was regeneration, which comes from new birth. New birth produces new life. New life produces new fruit. We're going to learn about fruit today. I don't know if you've noticed or not around our community, but spring has sprung. Have you noticed? I was in the yard yesterday and I noticed that there's actually leaves on the tree. This is, this is a wonderful thing in Michiana when leaves begin to show up on the, the trees and fruit begins to arrive. I also noticed I have these two big bushes, one bush on one side of the, the master bedroom window and it is full of leaves and fruit. I have another bush and it looks like it's dead. Um, I didn't survive the winter uh, like some of us thought we might not. Listen, if there is no fruit, there is no 
life. That is not only true for my big bush in my yard, that is true for you. If there is no fruit, there is no life. If there is no life, there has been no birth. And so we're going to continue talking about what it means to be spiritually alive through the work of the Holy Spirit. And here's the main idea of the message today. The primary help of the Holy Spirit after he makes you alive is to make you holy. And if the Holy Spirit dwells on the inside of you, there should be some evidence of the Holy Spirit coming outside of you. Another way to say it is this, the Holy Spirit helps holy living. You should be holy. We can steer into the ditch of legalism where it's this rule-oriented, man-generated self-righteousness, and we have all these rules. And the Apostle Paul is, is warning the Galatians, listen, you didn't start like that. Don't drift into that ditch. But that's what we so often do. Religious people tend to want to drift into the ditch of rule-oriented legalism. And yet, if we can steer out of that ditch, we sometimes steer into the ditch over here because we're free in Christ. And a lot of people are like, oh, I'm free in Christ. There are no rules. And you end up steering into the ditch of license. You know what a license? A license to sin, okay? I have another 15-year-old in my family who is desiring of her license. Give me the license. I want to be able to go where I want to go and drive where I want to drive, right? So if you have a license, a lot of people want to turn the grace of God into a license to go where they want to go and do what they want to do. And the apostle Paul says, no, 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 it's not that. So it's not the ditch of legalism. It's not the ditch of license. It is holiness that we are after. So how do you become holy? You become holy by the Holy Spirit having control of your life. And so um, we're going to look at this subject of holiness here as we, as we go through this. Back, look up here at verse 13. He mentions um, this idea of the two ditches in verse 13. He says, For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh but instead to serve one another. So he's like, don't steer over here and use the grace and the freedom that God has given you as a license to sin and a license to obey the flesh. So how do you stay out of that ditch? Well, it is through the power of the Holy Spirit. I have a big stack of books that I've been using to study for this series on the Holy Spirit. And do you know the one thing that sometimes is overlooked in all of those books when it comes to the work of the Holy Spirit? It's making you holy. It's like, it's so obvious that it's like, we don't even want to write about that. So the books talk all about the gifts of the Spirit and, and the signs and the wonders and, and all the miraculous stuff. What we're talking about today is the evidence that you are actually controlled by the Holy Spirit. Not that you do the miraculous, but that you actually do the mundane under the power of the Holy Spirit. The miraculous, that's maybe for a few. The mundane, that's for everybody. And God calls everybody to live under the control of the Holy Spirit 
and to live a holy life. Don't talk to me about signs and wonders if you can't show me some evidence of Holy Spirit control in your life. Isn't it interesting that people want to talk about all the signs and the wonders and all that stuff? Sometimes they, they display very little evidence of actually holy living. And so let's talk about what it means to live holy. And in order to do that, it is time for me to read the scripture. I have talked way too long without reading Bible this morning. Somebody should have already dragged me off this stage. Look at verse 16, Galatians chapter 16. Let's read this passage. It says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. How many of you are grateful that you're not under the law? I'm so grateful that my, my relationship with God is not dependent upon me obeying the law. But that does not release me from obeying the law. For all the work that the, the Apostle Paul has done to tell us that our relationship with God is not about obeying a list of laws, do you know what he's about to do? He's about to give us two lists. One is the naughty list and one is the nice list. And so after he has said your relationship with God is not based on the lists, he says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you're going to be on a different list. So let me introduce to you the naughty list. It begins in verse 19. The works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and then he's got a junk drawer bucket there, and things like this. He had to put that in there to keep it PG because, I mean, it was not going in a good direction. It was getting worse and worse and worse. Like, just, just imagine the things that would be on this list, just the unmentionables there, okay? So he's like, okay, that's the list of the works of the flesh. And he says, I warn you, as I warn you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22 is the nice list. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, and envying one another. So let's learn four things this morning about holiness. First of all, holiness is pursued by walking in the Spirit. You see it back up in verse 16. He says, walk by the Spirit. Now, it's interesting throughout this passage, if you're paying attention, he tells us some things about the Spirit. He tells us to walk in the Spirit, keep in step with the Spirit. He says there's des desires of the Spirit. He says we're led by the Spirit. There's the fruit of the Spirit, and we live by the Spirit. Anybody want to pick up the theme of this passage? 
And yet this is the one that everybody leaves out. This is the normal work of the Holy Spirit in the life of one who has been made alive, one who the Spirit has regenerated. Now, the indicatives in the imperatives, okay? And so I know some of you get confused every time we bring these things up, but you have to understand the indicatives is about your identity. These are things that you are. The imperatives is about your activity. These are things that you must do. These are commands. In this whole passage, there are only two imperatives, things he tells you to do. Everything else is about the indicatives. These are things you already are. Interestingly, the imperatives bracket the indicatives. He tells us, walk by the Spirit. Do you see the imperative? You must, you must, you, you gotta do this. You gotta do this. This is your responsibility. You gotta walk by the Spirit. And then the last thing he says at the end of the passage is, keep in step with the Spirit. You gotta do this, you gotta do this. This is why he came to church. You gotta be reminded, you gotta walk by the Spirit. You gotta keep in step with the Spirit. Now, sandwiched in between those two imperatives, there are these indicatives. He tells us, you have desires of the Spirit. He says, you, have, you are led by the Spirit. He says, there's the fruit of the Spirit and that you live by the Spirit. Those are things that are true of you if you have been made alive by the Spirit. These things are true. But what you must do is walk it out. Keep in step. Now, the word walk there is Paul's favorite word picture, okay? He's literally giving you an idea of what it means to live the Christian life under the control of the Holy Spirit. And he mentions walking. Walking is the most mundane thing that you do. And it doesn't start until you are made alive in Christ. Now, how many of you parents have had the joy of actually watching your children take their first step? Is this a joyous moment for you, right? I mean, but do you remember the fatty little quadriceps there? They're just like, there was nothing there but jello. And then after a while, there, there was a little more protein, I guess, developed and, and muscles began to form. And after about a year, this little wobbly legged child crawls up on, pulls himself up on the coffee table and you know, he's all over the place there and he's holding on for dear life. And then finally he lets go and he falls down, but then he crawls back up again. And then he bravely lifts one foot and lifts it again. And I was like, I, I'm, this is progress. Okay. I'm not going anywhere, but it just feels good. Right. And then pretty soon it's like, I do, I, we can do this in alternating fashion here. And pretty soon he takes a step and he falls and he takes a step and he falls. And then he takes a step and with cameras rolling, he takes his first step and his second step, and then he falls. And you cheer, you're so happy, until day two, and you realize, this is a new phase of life. <laughs> I used to be able to put my child in a spot and come back an hour later, and he was there. <laughs> now he's got freedom. Now, now I have no idea where, I have no control over. He's, he gets to choose where he's going to go. This is the life of a Christian. When you are born again, 
you begin to take your first step. You develop some muscle, you gain some balance so you don't end up in the ditch of legalism and you don't end up in the ditch of license. You, you learn balance and control and pretty soon you look over your shoulders like, I don't, I don't like where I am, I'm leaving. I'm, I'm going over there because God's over there. There's a better life over there. And you begin this step by step day by day, baby steps in a walk with the Spirit of God. Walking is slow. Notice he didn't say, sprint in the Spirit. No, it's just, it's just like every day you're just inching forward a little more. Walk by the Spirit. It's an imperative just keep taking your next step, no matter how many times you fall, no matter how many times you just scrape your knee, just get back up, just keep taking the next step. It is a walk. It's not about how you started, it's about how well you finish. And so just keep walking by the Spirit. That is the daily work of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life. And you don't walk alone, you walk by the Spirit. One of my favorite things to do is to take a walk with Andrea, I just, I'm not into exercise. I'm, I'm not interested in seeing the neighbor's house again. I just want to be with her. And that is what a relationship with the Spirit is like. You, you're not walking alone. You're walking by the Spirit. Now, the truth is everybody here is walking. But not everybody here is walking by the Spirit you are either walking by the Spirit, the only other option is this, you are walking by the flesh. Do you see it there in verse 17? He mentions this strange concept. It's all over the scripture. Let's talk about it. He says, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. The desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. These two are in opposition to one another. So what are these desires of the flesh? Let's talk about the flesh here for a minute. I mean, the most tangible form of that is what's obvious, right? It's this, it's flesh, right? It's, but your flesh is just the container of something that is much more hideous or lurking on the inside of you, okay? Your flesh is your fallen human nature that you are waiting to shed at the second coming of Jesus Christ or at your funeral, whichever comes first, okay? And either one's fine. It's great, just get rid of this flesh. It's just, your flesh is broken. It's bent. It's messed up. My son, Zach, last night, he's in his third year. He just finished his third year. Zach finished his semester and it's time for him to come home. But instead of him coming home, he had this idea that he wants to go see his girlfriend. And his girlfriend lives in Normal, Illinois. So he jumps in his 2005 Chevy Cavalier, which is 13 years old. It has 285,000 miles on it. And he's going to take the five-hour journey in the, the 285,000-mile car. And the brake lines are busted and the brakes don't work and it's leaking fluid. And, and then he, he, he gets to Indianapolis. He calls me at 10 o'clock last night and he's like, uh, the, the 
uh, exhaust just fell off and it's dragging. And I'm like, well, you got, you got two options. You know, you could, you could try to come home or, or I, you know, we can, maybe could come down there and get you or you could just try to, to, you know, figure out a way to get it to Gigi's house and, and you could maybe get it looked at there. So he, he found an extension cord. So he's under the, the car. He's like, try, he's like, put it in the, the doors and shut the doors. And there's, so the extension core is like holding the exhaust pipe underneath, you know? And so he's like nursing this thing home. And it reminded me so much of my flesh, right? Your flesh is just busted. It's broken. It doesn't work right. I mean, you see a sin and you're like, I don't want to go there and you're pumping the brakes, but somehow you're still moving toward it, right? It's just like these desires of the flesh. Just why doesn't it work right? Why don't I get up with this overwhelming sense every day of only thing I want to do today is obey God. Why is there this this draw, this magnet of my flesh toward the metal of sin. It's because you still have parts of you that have yet to be redeemed. It is your flesh. And so lurking on the inside of you are these desires of the flesh. Every desire your flesh has is contrary to the desires of the spirit. And every desire the Holy Spirit has within you is against your flesh. Holiness is pursued by walking in the spirit. But holiness is opposed by the works of the flesh. Now, we're gonna look at this list of the works of the flesh here, okay? Now, let me just say as we read this list, we've already read it there, it's, there are 14 works of the flesh here. And then if you wanna use the junk drawer that the things like this, that could be the 15th thing. It's like everything else your flesh wants to do that's opposed to God. I want you to understand something about this list. Everybody in this room has been on this list. Some of you are still on this list and that, that's a problem. We're gonna look at that in a minute. But everything on this list is your best hope for fulfillment excitement and fun in this life. If you have not yet been born again by the spirit of God, this is the best your flesh can do to have fun right here. Okay. And it is the normal expected behavior of an unregenerate person. We should not expect people who have not been indwelled with the Holy Spirit to live a holy life. This is the best we can do without the Holy Spirit. These 14 things, okay? So quit judging people and quit railing on people for doing this. They got no other choice. You had no other choice. This was just, this is just the natural outworking of flesh, okay? And um, I wanna say this, it is abnormal, shocking behavior for someone who is indwelled with the Holy Spirit to find themselves on this list. It is normal and expected for someone who is not indwelled with the Holy Spirit to be on this list. If you claim to have the Holy Spirit in you and you're on this list, that ought to shock you. That is abnormal. That is an indication you are out of step with the Spirit of God 
or it's an indication that the Holy Spirit does not actually dwell in you and the Holy Spirit this morning is not interested in making you holy, he's interested in making you alive. Once he's made you alive, then he can make you holy. So there's a problem if you're a Christian on this list. John MacArthur says it this way, any Christian can walk in the spirit and avoid all 14 of these things. And any Christian can walk in the flesh and do any of these 14 things. But it ought to shock you if you find yourself on the list. So he gives us these 14 things. They can be divided into about three different categories. Here's the three categories. Unbridled sexuality, misdirected worship, and broken relationships. Look at the first three of these on the list. Sexual immorality. The word in the Greek that's used there is the word pornea. We have an English word that comes from that word. Porn, pornography. That word encapsulates all sexual activity outside of married heterosexual sex. Sex is a wonderful thing that God created for married people. And yet to step outside of that boundary might include pornography, lust, fornication, adultery, whether it is heterosexual or homosexual. It really doesn't make any difference. All sexual activity outside of heterosexual married sex is a work of the flesh. And that's about the best that you can do to try to find love, fulfillment, happiness in a personal relationship. That's kind of a cheap substitute for love that we're going to look look at later. The next word that's mentioned there is impurity. It's an uncleanness. It actually had to do with a medical condition back in ancient times. There was no Bactin, there was no Neosporin, there were no antibiotics. And so if you got a little cut, you actually were in danger of dying. That could get infected, your arm could fall off. And it's just not great if you had an unclean open wound. Isn't it interesting, something that starts out with an idea that you'll be thrilled and it's gonna be so fun, it's gonna be so wonderful, it always leaves you feeling dirty in the end. And so it's an uncleanness or an impurity, leaves you with a sense that you need to be washed. Well, we'll have to continue that list of 14 things next week. Trent Griffith has been explaining to us the role of the Holy Spirit in making us become progressively more and more like Jesus. And yes, we do stumble sometimes, we do fall, but we have to keep getting up, dusting ourselves off and walking toward holiness. Our most important help in that process is the Holy Spirit living in us. But another key tool God uses in our spiritual growth is the body of Christ. It's His people, the church. And as we grow and learn and stretch, we're doing it together. And that's why it's so important to have a local body of believers that you rub shoulders with on a regular basis. And if you're looking for a church home right now, we'd invite you to visit Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. We're all about something we call our four pillars. Here they are. It's proclaiming the authority of God's word without apology, lifting high the name of Jesus through worship, believing firmly in the power of prayer, 
and sharing the good news of Jesus with boldness. You can find out more about Harvest by going to our website, harvestgranger.org. And that's also where you can find information about how you can visit us for a worship service. Again, that website is harvestgranger.org. Well, if you squeeze an orange, what comes out? It should be orange juice, right? There'd be something wrong if pickle juice came out of an orange when it was squeezed. Pastor Chet will talk more about what comes out of us when we get squeezed next week on Resonate. I hope you'll join us then. Well, have a wonderful Thanksgiving day, and thanks for listening today. I'm Aaron Paulus, and my prayer is that God's Word would resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate with Trent Griffith is a radio and podcast ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger. Visit us online at harvestgranger.org.